0: This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the South East's largest independent accountancy practice, www.onf.ie.
1: Hello, good morning and welcome to the Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell with you until 10 o'clock. Thanks very much to John Walsh, for the last two hours of music and chat to get your bank holiday weekend off to a great start this glorious Saturday morning. Well, after last night, we've got a plan and there is some light at the end of the tunnel in terms of when businesses can start returning to some sort of new normal. And for others, unfortunately, it's still quite some way away. All very understandable in light of the huge crisis facing our community. Last evening, the Taoiseach announced an extension on current restrictions with some slight tweaks until May the 18th. The message substantially remains the same. Stay at home and stay safe unless you're engaged in essential work or you have a pressing task as defined in the guidelines. There is of course an exception for exercise and we'll be discussing more about that later. There's lots more information on gov.ie and also indeed on the KCLR website. We've got a packed show for you between now and 10 o'clock. Former Carlo Chamber President, author and experienced business leader Michael Moriarty will be joining us to talk about business leadership. We'll be hearing from Karen Hall of Ipsos MRBI about some really interesting research MRBI have undertaken on media consumption during the coronavirus crisis. Paul Byrne of Local IT Specialists Bits will give us some insights about cybersecurity in this time of remote working. And Joe Sheridan will tell us about he has pivoted his business from stained glass to protective screens in pharmacies, shops, solicitors' offices and indeed anywhere where businesses interact with the public. And we'll be hearing from Marion Akerman of Kilkenny Chamber and Brian O'Farrell of Carlow Chamber. They'll be giving us updates on what their organisations are up to in these strange days of the coronavirus crisis. So as I mentioned, Uh, The measures continue pretty much as is until May the 18th. And then on a phase basis, all going well, we have to emphasise, the country and businesses will slowly start returning to some sort of normal over a slow series of phases. After May 18th, retailers who are primarily outdoor uh, can start to open back up under strict uh, safety measures. From June 8th, uh, plans and supports are being developed for the opening of smaller businesses and uh, all depending on good progress and from the end of June, it is hoped that non-essential retail outlets with street level entrances and exits can reopen. Around the 20th of July, there'll be gradual gradual easing of restrictions for higher risk services such as hairdressers. So what is clear is that normality as we knew it previously was, is on hold for the foreseeable. But we are making progress, but we can't afford to be complacent. It's a tough time for everyone in business and as well as cash flow, viability issues and agonising over the when and how of plans to reopen, there is the very important issue of maintaining physical and mental well-being for everyone involved in business, owners, managers and teams, and indeed the population in general. With me to speak about this issue is Kate O'Flaherty of Healthy Ireland, which is a government-led initiative aimed at improving the health and well-being of everyone living in Ireland, working across government with a range of partners uh, to make sure we all stay healthy throughout this amazing time. Good morning, Kate.
2: Good morning, John, how are you?
1: Very well. Um, A difficult time for people in business?
2: It is. It's a a very difficult time for for, for everyone. Uh, And I suppose it's not surprising either Uh, when you look across the world, uh, not just in Ireland. uh, This is kind of a a once-in-a-century event, Uh, so many of us haven't experienced anything like it in our lifetime. So it's completely normal that people feel uh, all the things that uh, I know our research shows they are feeling, from worry and fear to stress to anxiety to boredom. Uh, and to frustration uh, so I think it's important for everyone to know that it's normal how you're feeling all those ups and downs um, but that there is help and support uh, I suppose and tips and advice to, to get us all through this
1: And uh, what kind of help and support is available from the government Kate?
2: So in terms of, of physical and mental well-being what we've done is taken I suppose the, the advice that's there all the time from Healthy Ireland it's, it's always important to look after those things but it's much more important now more than ever for people who may need uh, help and support because their day-to-day life, uh, so to speak, might have been turned a bit upside down and, and all the uncertainty and lack of routine. So these are all stressful things and they're all added together, if you like, at at the moment for people, including, as you said, people who then have had, uh, maybe lost their job or their business has had to close. So what we've done in the government campaign in this together, uh, and everything's on the website, um, gov.ie forward slash together, is to bring together all of that uh, tips and information and advice so it's uh, about keeping yourself well looking after your mental well-being and um, staying active uh, staying in touch staying connected with other people uh, tips and advice on how to cope at home uh, so that's a big deal I think for a lot of people who uh, families uh, who aren't used to being around each other 24 7 in this stressful time so we've tips and advice from psychologists um, a lot around physical activity, supporting uh, people who are cocooning and feeling isolated. Uh, and then for people who might need a bit more support, mental health support, uh, it's all there. And I think for a lot of people, you might never have lifted the phone to ask someone for help before uh, around your mental well-being. Uh, but but now if you feel that that would be helpful, there's, there's someone at the end of a phone line or a text line, loads of national organisations and then at local level in the local authorities, some fabulous, uh, I suppose, work being done on the ground to support each other in our communities through all of this.
1: Uh, Kate, I've come across many people in business who, amazingly enough, have never been uh, busier because uh, there are many extra demands. If, if a business is open, it's a, it, it classed as essential. It, it's It's a really difficult job to keep the show on the road, but it's really important that people put personal care right up there at the top with business planning.
2: Absolutely. So yes, if you're one of the people who is uh, working or managing a business at the minute, you say you're you're probably busier than normal. So you have all your business responsibilities, you'll have your management responsibilities, and it's a stressful time for staff and business in terms of being able to look after their customers or clients, but then people are still worried and very nervous about the virus and, and what might happen next, so you're dead right looking after yourself, so it's kind of the oxygen mask in the airplane piece, you have to look after yourself, um, and I think when it comes to that, it's it's the important things are probably getting enough sleep, I think, will be really important for everybody. Um, and then having some physical activity. We do know people feel better when they are active. Uh, so whether you're going out for a walk, going out for a run, uh, and from next week people can, can go a little bit further if you are a runner, um, to do that to, to kind of help yourself switch off um, and t- and take a break. So that's that's really important in terms of keeping your stress levels under control And kind of taking that one day at a time approach, um, making sure, as I say, you get sleep and activity. And for other people, then it might be their hobby. So a lot of people are getting into their gardens uh, at the minute if they have them. So getting out into your garden, taking up some hobby, even online, uh, something to help you switch off and a bit of time for yourself um, to help, as I say, keep the stress levels under control.
1: One of the key words in, in the communication on uh, um, Healthy Ireland is connect. Um, never has there been a time where people in many ways have been more isolated because of the necessary measures that we've had to put in place to combat the virus. But I suppose never um, more important for people to, within the confines, try and connect with other people to ensure that they don't become um, you know, mentally unwell in terms of exacerbated by isolation.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a very strange time because staying connected with other people, in general, is the most probably the most important thing you can do for your your mental well being. Um, but at the moment, uh, people can only do that in in certain ways. So I think we've seen from everyone old to young probably missing uh, the physical company of people. Uh, so I think that's been one thing that's kind of hit a lot of people. They didn't realise how much they, they missed uh, the company of people. So. That's why it's really important then that people find new ways. So people who are online, it's probably quite easy. You know, there's lots of groups, um, chats, there's apps, um, there's organisations to stay in touch with. Um, And it's almost about Maybe replacing, if you can figure out the thing you miss most and how do you replace that. So if it's the local run out, you know, whether it's a sporting or your weekly trip to whatever group or activity, a lot of those groups and activities, particularly at local level, are, I suppose, setting themselves up online through Facebook or WhatsApp uh, and reaching out to people who are maybe in the same boat as you. So... Again, if you've, you know, a local business leader, they're probably doing that through chamber and through other organizations. And just having the chat with people and sharing how you're feeling and maybe understanding and realizing that other people are in the same boat and sharing your tips and advice with each other, that just talking to people um, is, is really, really important. Um, so that's, that's a very important for people to stay connected um, particularly maybe if you're working from home and your household is really busy having that time uh, to, to switch off and, and stay in touch with your wider network as well is really important
1: yeah, speaking of that, during the week I attended a chamber chat, a Kilkenny Chamber of Commerce chat, which was actually a Zoom uh, meeting yeah. with about 40 people on it um, and heard a number of presentations. And, and as you say, a number of people remarked on how good it was to actually just see familiar faces and hear their voices.
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's amazing, the little things. And even when you're you're busy or, or you feel you're doing well. So I know we launched the in this Together campaign with the Taoiseach there only last week. And Kelly Harrington, one of our elite athletes, the boxer, um, spoke at the launch. And uh, so she was talking about it for herself. So someone like her who's so physically active and probably mentally. You know, uh, well in terms of elite athletes, uh, the effort that she has to make to get herself through it and I have to say listening to her was a bit of a tonic even for myself who kind of you know, you're, you're very busy and you, you feel you're getting through stuff but to as you say, see a familiar face you haven't seen in a while or hear somebody uh, talking about their own experience and bring some positivity or encouragement to other people, it certainly gives us all a lift
1: Absolutely, Kate, we've got to leave it there, thank you very much for joining us um, people can get all the information online. That's Kate O'Flaherty from Healthy Ireland joining us uh, this morning on The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business. Business does indeed uh, go on. And uh, um, I've been talking during the week to Brian O'Farrell from Carlow Chamber. And uh, as he couldn't come into the studio, as I couldn't pre-record him, I asked him to send us uh, a short update on what everyone in Carlo Chamber is at these days. Here's what he said.
3: Hi John, Brian here from the County Carlotte Chamber with a brief update during what continues to be a strange and challenging time, encouraging us all to innovate. In some ways as business as usual for the Chamber as we continue to work with a network of Chambers right across the country to support businesses and lobbying government officials and departments on the needs of businesses. On the other hand, we've just launched a new webinar series with two webinars weekly. Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2pm. So far, we've hosted webinars on trading online, SBACI supports for SMEs, HR issues arising from COVID-19, keeping your businesses safe and secure through COVID-19 and remote working solutions. In the coming weeks our scheduled includes webinars on certificates of origin and international trade, change management, training and development, to mention but a few topics. All the webinars are free for anybody to join and login details are on our website carrollchamber.com. There's also a facility on the website where you can look back on recordings of any webinars so you don't miss out if you can't make it for all of them. Aside from the work we are doing, we know that there are many great businesses across the county and beyond who are operating. Whether it's a critical service, working remotely reduced emergency service, we are asking everyone to support these businesses where possible. And in order to make it easier for people to find out what businesses are operating, the business directory on our website has been updated with details listing many of these across a range of sectors and how you can get in touch. Additionally, our website has loads of information and links to assist people and businesses in a range of ways with any queries we have in relation to the current pandemic. That's it for now, keep safe and well and if any businesses need further information or assistance please don't hesitate to get in touch with me on ceo at carolshammer.com.
1: Thanks very much, Brian. That's uh, Brian O'Farrell of Carlotte Chamber. Later, we'll be hearing from Marion Ackerman. Lots more to come on the programme this morning. You're listening to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. Uh, Coming up, we'll be speaking to a former president of Carlotte Chamber about business leadership.
0: The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie
1: You're very welcome back. It's just 21 minutes past nine o'clock. John Purcell with you until 10 o'clock. Um, just time to give a shout out. Uh, business is slowly uh, going to return to f- to normal from the middle of uh, May the process begins but there are a number of businesses keeping going within existing guidelines and just a shout out to a couple of uh, food based restaurants who uh, opened Uh, In recently and who are providing takeaway services, Langton's in Kilkenny, that much-loved hostelry reopened on Thursday the 30th for uh, takeaways. Uh, Zuni in Patrick Street also uh, open for takeaways between 9 and 4 Monday to Friday and the House of Pretzels in the Market Cross, uh, you can pre-order by phone and collect and Sullivan's Brewing uh, Company Taproom in John Street in Kilkenny are open for takeaway. Uh, and also Kittler's Inn uh, opened this week uh, and are available for takeaway. So do support these local businesses providing great food and a great service. Now, uh, our next guest um, was on the programme, I think it was, in September 2019 when he launched his book uh, called Every Leader's Reality Guide. It got rave reviews, I have to say. Um, uh, uh, David Walsh from Netwatch was one of those who who said it was a nugget on every page if you don't mind the man's name is michael moriarty he's a former general secretary of the ivea a very successful book and a man who's written a lot on leadership michael you're very welcome to the program in these extraordinary times
4: thanks john and delighted to be with you
1: yeah um david described your book as 20 chapters of uh, pure gold you have a lot of um uh, management experience uh, you're writing a blog as well uh, and um, you, you wrote most recently about how people can be inclusive in life and leadership and some really good lessons for the current uh, situation I was very impressed about your your story about Enda Kenny when he was opening a opening a school yeah <coughs> that,
4: that, um, that, that happened in nice actually and um, when a site uh, was located for a school and um, uh, and he was in the vicinity. Uh, all the local dignitaries were there, all lined up. We were all very happy with ourselves. And he came, and got out of his car, and at the back of the site or close behind us um, uh, was a, a man on a digger, a JCB. And the first guy he went over to, he walked right past us and he shook his hand. And that really um, brought home to me the empathy that he had and the, the, he had that touch of uh, making people feel important and genuinely so, you know. And uh, a sense of inclusion, uh, no exclusion, no sense of self-importance or whatever. Uh, and anybody who who would have met him with respect, not even politics, ours, but as a human being, you would know that. He had a fantastic uh, recall for memory. If he met you once, she, he'd remember your name uh, three years later, or that kind of person. So very, very inclusive. And the article I, or the blog I wrote this week uh, was on in- inclusive leadership, you know, how to be inclusive in leadership in life.
1: And that's very important, really, um, because, you know, you talked of the dignitaries lined up with their chains and and robes, perhaps, but but, um, we're really relying on on the people uh, on the front line uh, during this period. It's important that leadership recognises that
4: yes uh, and, and they are so important and and it's important also for them that there is leadership and that leader is very leadership is very clear whether it's political or business leadership that it's very clear uh succinct that their um, that their uh, messaging is very is, co- is very very often i think one of the things that um, um, has been very very successful here is the daily messaging people in a time of crisis want leadership they want strong leadership Things change, okay, Uh, and they want decisive leadership, but they also want transparency, honesty, and they want information. And um, I have to say the Taoiseach at this stage has been uh, quite good in that, but really important fellow, I think, in the whole thing has been Dr. Tony Houlhan. He's very calm, he's very reassuring, he's very measured, whatever. And don't underestimate that ability to give that leadership that he does. At the moment, you could nearly say Ireland has been, uh, has been led by a partnership between the, uh, um, um, him and his team, Tony Houlihan and his team, and the Taoiseach of the political side who take their advice from Hoolahan, from uh, Dr Houlihan.
3: Yeah,
1: and, and um, it's an interesting thing about leaders. Like, leaders aren't perfect. They've got vulnerabilities, and, and you've written that people need to be aware of that.
4: Yeah, I, well, I, I, I mentioned about um, today leadership is about, except in a crisis, by the way, in a crisis it reverts to traditional leadership. Somebody makes decisions and makes them fast. But under normal uh, life, leadership should be about inclusion, you know, showing empathy to people, um, um, growing your team, growing your staff, um, and being authentic. Nobody expects any leader to be the font of all wisdom anymore. And being authentic means being genuine um, and and show that you are vulnerable. We all make mistakes. You're not God, people aren't God, so people make mistakes. And vulnerability, that touch of humanity is extremely important in any kind of leadership whether you're leading in business, leading your team, leading in in a political life, or leading um, any other type of sporting organization or whatever. And that involves, you you know, you have to be self-aware as a person. To understand your own strengths and weaknesses, and you have to, you know, you have to go through that whole self-awareness proce- process before you can be socially aware. And socially aware means uh, growing, uh, you know, helping people develop, um, um, you know, being inclusive of people. Um, and inclusive is, di- is different than diversity, you know, I mean, you can have diversity in an organization, you could have different, um, you know, in terms of gender, disabilities, race, whatever it might be. But being inclusive is listening to ev- uh, opinion, valuing people, and where people feel emotionally safe in your organization. That's what inclusive leadership, given that sense of inclusiveness is important. And research shows that people who feel included, who feel valued, perform much better.
1: And it's an interesting one in these extraordinary times. Um, The dichotomy between the need for decisive leadership and, and, you know, it's not always possible to have huge consultation when things are changing so fast or have changed so fast and how people expect that to an extent, but also how people want to be included. So it's a balance in these times for leaders.
4: It is. And public confidence is very fragile in a time of crisis so it's extremely important that public um, um, confidence is maintained you know we've come through tsunami where the new there is no new normal anymore everything has been decimated um, life society our businesses the whole um, there's been a, a massive um, you know upheaval uh, unprecedented in fact in the last hundred years uh, so people uh, you could you could lose public confidence very very quickly and um, you know, I, I, I often talk about, and I've read a lot about Trump in America and, 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 and the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, who, um, I'm taking the latter person, apparently his daily briefings attract so, uh, you know, up to 800,000, 900,000 people from across the world because it's certain, he's clear, and he defers to the expertise that's available to him. The exact opposite of Trump's. Trump uh, has no regard for the expertise. He overrules. He comes up with all kinds of crazy ideas. So, a, you know, there are two different types of leaders. One inspiring great confidence in New York and the other um, not inspiring the same level of confidence nationwide.
1: Yeah, wh- how would you bring that all home and apply that to people in business? If you were to give a couple of specific um you know, tips to people who are running a business. Like, what are the principles involved?
4: Business has changed. Uh, Obviously, uh, uh, those businesses that are functioning at the moment have have changed. And so um, everybody is trying to to work remotely, most are anyway, Um, um, using all kinds of areas, collaboration platforms like Zoom, Teams, Skype, Uh, And so telemeetings are important. So if I was in charge of a company, there's a certain amount of, um, a huge amount of employee autonomy now, um, uh, and you need to have a, a great deal of trust in the people that you manage. So you're managing them remotely. And the biggest fear here, the biggest danger you might do is micromanaging people, okay? Um, it's important that you'd have some um, structure in place that people need to know what what they're doing, what they're expected to do, and the benchmarks they meet. So having that, uh, firstly, constant communication with with your staff, but not micromanage them. Let them get on with the business uh, of functioning at home because they're under terrible stress. They're sharing their personal living space uh, with their with their employer to a large degree because they're working from uh, maybe their a uh, small bedroom or a corner of their living room or wherever it might be, uh, and sharing that living space. So everybody is under a degree of stress. So um, we we anybody with with organis- in organisation and business that's functioning and that's working remotely has to has to um, focus. on on that level of trust Um, and we talked about building uh, public confidence, but you have to maintain the confidence of your staff and your employees and let them get, get on with their work
1: um, during this period, as you mentioned, um, normal business routine is completely out the window, but a, a lot of people have time on their hands and an opportunity uh, to self-improve. I notice a lot of people doing online courses, courses through local enterprise offices, uh, Chamber of Commerce and so on, books also. Can you off, you know, kind of offer some books maybe that people might um, delve into to kind of up their game on these very important issues? Of course, your own, which I, is.
4: <laughs> I wasn't. I, I wasn't. Um, well, it depends. You see, there's a whole variety of books you could you could look at um, here. Um, um, if it's business improvement, or whether it is in community life, or whatever it might be, there are a range of books uh, that, that you could. I would basically look to try to follow authors and authors who have been successful in in uh, and and life stories. I love the stories about. Um, uh, people who have uh, failed in business, and I can not you're catching me on the hop now, but, yeah, I can't yeah. come up, but I can't come up, but I, I look at people who have had initial failures. You see, every success in life, as anybody listening here who's run a business, has been built on previous failures, yeah. okay? So don't be afraid of failures. So there are lots of people who are afraid of um, um, uh, lot, lots of people who have um, had failures in their lives, and yet succeeded. And succeeded is, you know, you succeed by trying and trying again. So it's important it's important to do that. Um, the Steve uh, Covey would be one of the one of the uh, biggest uh, people and, and the most admired business leaders, and he has many books out.
1: And very uh, simple.
4: Uh, pardon. And yeah. very
1: simple principles.
4: Yeah, and very and very very simple principles. So, um, and and he has he has stood the test of time. To him, he's my he's my favourite. Um, um, uh, the uh, I suppose um, I can't think of others at
1: the well, moment Well Michael I, I'll finish yeah. by uh, we'll have yeah. to draw to a close here but I, I would say that I found a quote from David Walsh who said that your own book Every Leader's Reality Guide is 20 chapters of pure gold real authentic pointers on every page so I mean uh, let's start by recommending your own book which is available uh, through Michael's website michaelmoriarty.ie. Michael we have to leave it there thanks for joining us Okay. this morning on The Bottom Line. That was Michael uh, Moriarty. Uh, you're listening to The Bottom Line on KCLR. I'm John Purcell. Um, now, you can listen to this programme on podcast if you'd like to catch up with any of the past issues. Uh, just search for KCLR Bottom Line, available on all podcast channels. But just a shout out for another uh, good podcast, which is the Guaranteed Irish Business Podcast, which has got a great local link, link because carlo based company Black Knight have announced uh, that they are the title sponsor of the Guaranteed Irish Business Podcast and that is lasting between now and the end of the year uh, so best of luck we had Michaele Naylan on the show a couple of weeks ago now I we heard from Brian O'Farrell from Carlo Chamber earlier on uh, Marion uh, uh, Akerman from Kilkenny Chamber uh, sent in this earlier during the week have a listen
5: Hi, this is Marian Akerman, President of Kilkenny Chamber of Commerce. In recent weeks, we've experienced the most significant global disruption to our lives and our businesses in living memory. The health and safety of our citizens has been our collective priority, and as such, we have been very proud of all of the actions taken by the Kilkenny business community to help in flattening the curve and subsequently assisting frontline medical staff. That must be an ongoing effort while we look at ways to adapt in order to survive. Kilkenny Chamber has spent the last two years helping to build the Shop Kilkenny message, working to highlight that campaign into the minds of our community. And This message will again take priority once it becomes safe to again support our local businesses. In the meantime, we would ask everyone to try and source online and safe products locally when they can. We are already seeing great innovation locally, and with support from our peers, advisors, local and national government, this will increase. Kilkenny Chamber is working consistently as the largest business representative body to lobby central government on a regular basis, getting to feedback our members' needs through our Chamber's Ireland network. This lobbying has resulted in adaptations to schemes including the COVID unemployment payment scheme and wage subsidy schemes. We are also seeking meaningful commercial rates relief and financial supports to allow businesses to survive. We are on hand daily to advise members, each of whom face a different set of challenges. We are confident that Kilkenny is well placed to support each other as we emerge from this crisis. We are also offering a series of online Zoom chamber chats on a weekly basis, taking place each Thursday at 1pm, Take a look at the Kilkenny Chamber Facebook page for details of this series of presentations. We would like to thank everyone at KCLR for its Trojan work in keeping us informed on all aspects of this rapidly changing situation. And we really look forward to a safer future when we can start to enjoy our beautiful city and county again with everything Kilkenny has to offer. Stay safe everyone, take care.
0: Bottom line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you in association with the Neil Foley accountants. Our website, onf.ie, shows the full range of services we provide to businesses large and small.
1: KCLR indeed, John Purcell with you until 10 o'clock. The time is just 22 minutes to 10 o'clock. Um, and we're going to talk about media consumption. Uh, with me on the line is Karen Hall of Ipsos MRBI, that preeminent market research company in our Ireland. Um, Karen, people often ask me about radio listenership and how it's actually measured and so on. Can you give us a really quick uh, guide as to how that's done?
6: Yeah, good morning John. Uh, sure. Um, so Ipsos MRBI has had the contract for, for the audience measurement uh, for the industry uh, radio industry for a long time. So what we would in normal times do, um, we would conduct a large scale uh, survey over 16,000 interviews per year, and we would ask our interviewers to go to people's homes and talk to them about their listening uh, behaviour um, on the day before, and we would ask about you know past week, past month, and so on. So through that through that process, we come to a to a large scale data set that tells us you know the proportion of people who listen to radio every day in the past week, and so on. And that has always shown us. With, with we've always known, you know, that 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 there's been significant radio listening in Ireland. You know.
1: Yeah. So normal s- service was kind of interrupted by the by the pandemic, so to speak, because um, surveyors can't go out and about and can't be knocking on people's uh, doors. Oh,
6: exactly. Yeah. yeah a- absolutely. So normal service stopped rather abruptly. Um, in in. Uh, in In early March, um, the first couple of weeks, I think, and that was the end of of, of that process that we could do. So, you know, everything is paused at the moment until it's safe, obviously, to go back out there and to talk to people again in their
0: homes.
1: But you did an interesting piece of research on 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 radio consumption in general, not zoning in on specific stations, but just looking at how people are listening, where they're listening, how long they're listening, and, and where they get their information and how they think of, uh, you know, how they trust um, the various media. Tell us about that. Yeah, it, it,
6: yeah, it was very interesting. What we... Um Obviously, in that period, you know, the industry is used to getting regular uh, radio listening numbers out. And obviously, we couldn't do that uh, in, in, the, in the period going forward anyway um, for for the time being. So, in the meantime, we uh, talked to our clients and we agreed to conduct a telephone survey. Um, and that we conducted that on, on our Omnipole service, which is a service that goes out every two weeks. Um, so, it was a large source. Study. We talked to over a thousand people um, nationwide. It was a representative sample of people aged 15 years and over, um, and, and we were really uh, hoping to provide a bit of visibility, as you say, on radio listening activity in 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 the time uh, since. The corona outbreak i suppose and to understand the impact of that behavior in the radio market so the research was conducted after the closure of all the schools and after all the restrictions on movement across the entire population because of because of the crisis and the the period of time we we spoke to people was between the 1st and the 13th of april so it was after lockdown but not a not a huge amount of, of time after after lockdown
1: so people moving from cars and a lot more listening being done at home
6: yeah so um again in the survey found that we had uh, significant numbers of people listening to the, to the radio uh you know 91% of people told us they listened in the in the past week and that went to 96% so almost the entire uh population listening in the past past 4 weeks and what we found of, uh, you know on balance there was less listening we asked people you know since since um, the, uh, the the crisis started and the schools closed, in terms of their behaviour of of listening, we asked those listeners, you know, are they, were they spending more time or less time listening on various devices and in the car and so on. And we found, naturally enough, that there was less time being spent listening in the car. Obviously, there was massive restriction on movement at that time, so that makes makes perfect sense. But more but people uh, perceived themselves spending more time listening. Home, you know, on the AM or uh, the FM or DAB radio, um, and uh, you know more time um, on their mobile devices or on their smart speakers in in the home. So we could see we could see changes in behaviour because people were indeed restricted from moving out and about. Um, so they were picking, uh, picking up radio on the various devices that they have available to them.
1: And, and news um, and news information on um, coronavirus and also music, the three top things I see yeah. from the research
6: yeah and i mean any any radio research we ever do um, we always see we can always see clearly what radio strengths are in terms of why people are tuning in and this was no different so the core strengths of radio you know came through people were tuning in for the news and information and and specifically then we had a, a cohort who were saying they were tuning in to keep up to date with issues relating to co- the, the virus and COVID 19. And again, there was just, you know, music always, always emerges as a strength for radio as well. And and people were saying, you know, more than a quarter mentioned music as the reason that they were that they were tuning in.
1: And trust Um, is a very important issue, Karen, in these days of fake news and so on. Uh, Television scoring very well, um, radio scoring well, social media not so good.
6: Yeah, that was a really interesting question. Um, we asked people to rate, um, rate various media and social media platforms on the issue of trust in terms of information relevant to them during this period. Um, and we asked them to to use a rating scale from one, which was I don't trust them at all, and 10 to I trust them completely. Oh. And radio performs really well in, the, in this regard. Um, uh, uh, scoring at 7.9 it was uh, it was at the in the top level with tv which was also 7.9 followed by press um at 7 and then there was a, a big jump down uh, relative to the other um the the other aspects so for example twitter on that same scale Uh, scored a a 3.4 and Facebook at 2.9 so there's a huge difference you know from 3.4 to 7.9 so radio was really performing on that trust issue
1: Okay well that's great news Karen we have to leave it there thank you very much for uh, joining us this morning that was uh, Karen Hall from MRBI uh, joining us uh, on the programme to talk about their research now uh, remote working has been a big thing uh, over the last number of weeks with nearly every business Impacted by it, uh, and people are relying on IT. A lot of issues out of that. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Paul Byrne, who's the director of business IT solutions at Kilkenny-based IT company. Good morning, Paul. John, good morning to you. Yeah, so remote working, it's uh, a big thing. I'm sure it's keeping people in bits uh, very busy. What are the main issues involved with it? Before we get into the security aspects of it, just what kind of equipment do people need to remote work effectively?
7: Well, before we get into that, if if I may, I I just think this is going to be part of the new normal. Um, until a vaccine is freely available, and that's likely to be 20 to 24 months out. So um, so I think people, you know, business owners need, need to get comfortable with that idea, first of all. Um, now, we, we have been extremely busy over the last couple of months um, setting up these systems, and, um, and right now there are a lot of people working from home, um, a lot of people using their own personal devices, which is not uh, you know something that we would recommend, but that short noses is the best that most people could do um, so these devices are not as secure as as a corporate owned device, um, such as out- entry level uh, firewalling or out of date anti malware software sitting on these devices and let 's not forget the distractions at home. Um, we all know very few of us have dedicated office spaces at home, so with distractions of children and all the rest of it, uh, people are just not uh, concentrating as much as they would ordinarily be in the office.
1: Yeah, and it's um, important that while people, um, while business is disrupted uh, and people, you know, many businesses are shuttered and closed, you um, you know, and while ordinary decent criminals, as we heard in our news earlier on, uh, might be taking a break, cyber criminals aren't and there's a lot of scams going around and people trying to hack in and uh, as you kind of referred to there, a lot of time people don't have very secure links between, uh, on the remote working uh, setups. What should people be looking out for on that?
7: Well, there has certainly been an increase in uh, in phishing uh, type malware um, so people are getting emails about you know uh, people selling face masks, cures, donations to fake charities. We've even seen one uh, emails from the World Health Community as opposed to the World Health Organization, and 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 these emails are that uh, they're essentially trying to uh, get you to hand over sensitive information
1: yeah. in
7: in the form of user credentials, uh, and uh, otherwise. Um, You'll likely see a download of ransomware onto that device.
1: And what can a company like Bits do to help um, help uh, businesses, no matter what type of business, protect themselves from these, um, you know, really yeah. quite nefarious things?
7: Yeah. Well, I, I think the the first thing with the, that we would say is that um, it's, it's what businesses can do to help themselves. And the reality is, uh, business owners need to realise that. The biggest, I suppose, weakness in the security matrix of any business is unfortunately the end user. Um, So if we start there, um, then we would look at education.
1: So it's just um, another thing that we need to be educating staff about, so it's just yeah. even talking about i I note that you did a webinar um during the week with carlo chamber um is that the way forward for educating staff you know like can suppliers actually go on a zoom call with with company staff and tell them about stuff to look out for yeah
7: yeah we 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 believe that that's very possible but it's it's really simple stuff like i mean it it's it's almost we're at a stage now where, where we would suggest um, that you view every email in your, in your inbox as a threat. You know, just be paranoid. Yeah. Um, check the spellings of any links that, that might appear in your email. Uh, watch out for any web redirects. Um, or if you get an email from someone who you know really well but you're just not quite sure, um, rather than reply, just send a new email to that person.
1: Yeah. Yeah, from a, and, rather than hit reply, yeah. So you're correct. the person originating rather than getting sent off in that direction.
7: Correct, yes. And, and you know, don't be posting personal data on, on the web, you know, your birthday, your vacation plans, or any of that type of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, so um, it's all, all gives clues.
7: Yeah, so we would suggest to businesses, you know, go speak to your IT partner, um, embrace security awareness training, um, there, there are, you know, lots of tools out there that, that can also be uh, incorporated into corporate networks. Uh, it does require a change of strategy, perhaps, and, and, and a further investment in, in, in some of these systems. Okay. Um, well, Paul, yeah. we've
1: got to leave it there. That's Paul Byrne, who's a director of business IT solutions in Kakenny. Their website is bits.ie. Do check out that, or talk to your own uh, provider if indeed you're worried about any of the issues raised. Because uh, you know, cyber criminals never sleep. It's an international. Uh, it's an international uh, threat. Uh, And it's ongoing continuously. We'll be back, and we'll be talking to a man who's pivoted his business from stained glass to protective screens. Don't go away.
0: The bottom line on
1: KCLR with John Purcell,
0: brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the cities.
1: Proud to be local indeed. John Purcell here with you until 10 o'clock on the programme for and about business. The bottom line brought to you every Saturday morning at nine o'clock with thanks to O'Neill Foley accountants. Uh, Do check out onf.ie. Now, uh, we've talked quite a bit about pivoting over the last number of weeks. We were even thinking of getting I've pivoted. Uh, t-shirts uh, done up but we're not too sure if there would be much of a market for them these days but you never know stranger things have happened uh, joining me on the line is a man who has pivoted his business joe sheridan from kells in county kilkenny good morning joe good
8: morning john and to all your listeners
1: yeah how are things you were a man into stained glass in churches pubs hotels and restaurants etc tell good us run. how you transitioned
8: yeah, well, sure, look, we, we've stained glass business uh, operating there for over 35 years and, um, you know, employing five people and two part-time workers, designing and fitting stained glass windows and churches and houses and that over over that period of time. And I suppose um, with the current uh, COVID-19, all of that stopped. Um, so I suppose you had to kind of think fast and see what kind of a market was out there. And uh, and basically, that's what i done, you know.
1: Yeah, and um, so more or less, uh, times are tough anyway, we have to remember, before uh, all this started to happen. But churches and hotels and pubs and restaurants all closed. Um, But there are some businesses that that are staying open and they have to put very serious protective measures in place. You saw a, a niche in the market there.
8: I did, yes. Look, I, uh, first of all, I was contacted by uh, a friend of mine, Rory Moore, and he looked for a protective screen in his pharmacy, and uh, we we installed that one. And uh, you know, from there on, I just thought, look, there there is, there is an opening here and a need for them uh, to protect, you know, the, both the shopkeeper and the and, and the customer, you know. So, look, we I've been probably lucky in so far as you know being a stained glass you know having the stained glass business you have to be quite creative you know and in design and bestow pieces for clients so and together we always done metal work uh and joinery and all all that kind of stuff that was kind of was required to frame our stained glass panels so i suppose the transition from designing a stained glass window and housing it in, housing in a metal or a timber frame to making, designing and making a, a protective screen wasn't that, you know, difficult, I suppose, for me, you know. So I was fortunate in that regard, you know. Um,
1: yeah, so you started off with word of mouth. How's it been going since?
8: Oh, uh, it's unbelievably busy. I mean, it is just mental busy at the moment. The phone is hopping. It's, it's probably difficult to... To make, to both, you know, design, manufacture, and install, and to actually measure, and uh, you know, just just to, to keep up with the demand of it at the moment, is, is, is probably is the hardest part of it at the moment. Believe it or not, you know, like at the beginning, majority of the jobs were pharmacies and shops, uh, bakeries and that, and now it's it's you know it's it's cafes, takeaways, solicitors' offices, healthcare centres, offices, you know, because people are looking to the future. Even though they can't open, you know, they mightn't be opening next week, but they are going to be opening at, at some stage and they're preparing for that day uh, because whenever it is, they're going to have some kind of protective... Uh, screens in place you know
1: and i suppose there's a with the realization i think you're at it about six or seven weeks but uh, there was a kind of a feeling at the start that this was going to be a temporary little arrangement there's a kind of a feeling that this is going to go on for quite some time so people Uh, need to be looking at putting in measures that are maybe kind of semi-permanent maybe they
8: are indeed yeah absolutely and i suppose Look, that's why, I, you know, when I go out, I like to meet the client, look at what they want, give them a little bit of advice that's best for them and for the customer, um, because it is going to be there for a long time. And, and the materials I'm using is, is like a safety glass, a laminated safety glass or a toughened safety glass, which is easy, clean, and, and looks presentable. And that's why people are happy with it, because if it is going to be there for six months or 12 months, or who knows, it could be there for six, 16 months, you know, it has to look right and do the job, you know. And many of the ones I've done, probably 80% of the ones that I've done in shops and healthcare centres, they're definitely staying in to keep, you know what I mean, because they're probably given a little bit of Safety, you know from a safety point of view as well as a protective point of view for for the you know shopkeeper
1: you know? yeah and um every cloud has a silver lining when you were doing the stained glass and a lot of it in ecclesiastical settings churches and so on a lot of travel you're more uh, spending more time at home now joe and your business is more local
8: it, it is yeah look i'm probably i'm probably trying to Deal with the, the you know, Kilkenny, Carlow, water area. That that's my main catchment area at the moment, which is great. You know, because yes, when you when you're doing the stained glass window, a lot of our work would be, you, would be a long long distance away. We, lads would be staying over and that. So yeah, it is great to have local, local businesses, and you know, getting to meet an awful lot of people. You know, local. Local business around the place, which is which is great, you know, it's, it's 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 brilliant.
1: Finally, Joe, if people are interested in screens from yourself, how do they contact you?
8: Well, look, my 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 mobile number is is oh eight seven two two zero zero eight seven seven. I have a uh, 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 Pamela Sheridan who looks after my social media and the things who has absolutely been brilliant. Uh, she's looking after that. So it's on Facebook, it's on Instagram, it's on. It's, all it's, sorts it's of out things there, it's out there so.
1: well now you've heard it on KCLR and this programme will be up online as well Joe Sheridan thanks very much and best okay. of luck that's uh, no, no, Joe just
8: just before we finish I'd just like to thank all the people all the businesses who've given me the work over, over the last few weeks and I wish them well going into the future as well
1: absolutely Joe thank you yeah. very much as we said at the top of the programme we're in this uh, together that's Joe Sheridan uh, finishing off the programme for this week thanks to all our guests Karen Hall Paul Byrne Michael Moriarty Kate Flaherty, Brian O'Farr and Marion Ackerman thanks very much to Deirdre Drummy who produced I've been John Purcell we'll be back with you again next week just after the 9 o'clock news to bring you more stories for and about business if you have any suggestions you can email us at the bottom line at kclr96fm.com brought to you with thanks
0: to O'Neill Foley Accountants now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business www.omf.ie